Hello and welcome along to the next Pier Road Coffee and Art podcast and I'm pleased to say that we're going to have Ed from Arundel Gin joining us and we're going to chat with him to find out about all the origins, uh, the ideas behind Arundel Gin when it arrived and uh, what he did to make it and uh, there's a tasting this evening in the gallery which is the first time we've ever had this uh, opportunity and then we will be selling it throughout the weekend so if you are local and you hear this in time learn all about the gin and then pop in and try some okay so as i said we have ed from arundel gin hello hello there how are you yes very well thanks you good? yeah all right you're all set up it's looking good yeah yeah it's been a few trips in and out the shop right? yes We're yes done. normally i would have held but my back is in pain so if i scream at any point during this i've moved badly you'll be okay after a gin i'm sure i will be well tell us the story behind the arundel gin then yeah, so Arundel Gin, uh, my wife and I met 10, 11 years ago now at a works night out in Arundel. Um, if you know the um, Jubilee Garden, sort of opposite the castle where the, oh, where the right, ruins yeah, are. Yeah. So we met there. Um, and we began getting to know each other. Um, Arundel was our choice of destination to do that. My wife lived in Billingshurst at the time. I was in Worthing, so it was sort of an equal distance between the two. Um, so yeah, we had many nights out there, um, enjoying the, the pubs and the bars and the restaurants. There's quite a few. Yes. Yeah. Any favourites? Um, I love the Swan. Oh, right, yeah, okay, not so that one yet. Yeah, and the Red Lion was a favourite as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, got to know each other in Arundel, and eventually, a, a year or so later, we got engaged in Arundel on the station platform. Fantastic. Which doesn't, doesn't sound very romantic. Oh, I'm sure you were down on one knee. Yeah, exactly, I was, <laughs> I was indeed. Um, so it's a special place for us. Um, we live locally now in Littlehampton with our um, twin baby girls, we've got identical twins, um, and we still spend a lot of time in Arundel. Um, I'd never actually had a gin and tonic before I met my wife, so oh, I don't, right, don't okay. know what that says about her. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> she introduced me to gin, um, and before the girls came along, we spent a lot of time travelling around the country for weekends away and holidays. I would always pick up a bottle of the local gin or try mm. it in the, the pubs and the bars. Um, and it was one, one summer day before the first lockdown, actually, before COVID came along, we were having a picnic by the banks of the river in, in Arundel. Uh, we were enjoying a, 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 a can of pre-mixed G&T, Gordon's it was. Oh, right. And um, we suddenly said, look, Arundel's such an amazing place. It's a really special place for us. All these other places we go around the UK, we pick up a bottle of the local gin. Why has Arundel not got one? Absolutely. And, uh, so we just came up with the hair-brained idea of giving it a go. Brilliant. And you know, basically, I'm going to ask you, why not Littlehampton? Well, why not indeed? Maybe maybe in the future. I, th- I, th- I think there's a market there. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are always joking saying you could call it LA gin. That'll confuse yeah, people. LA body. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so when did you make the first batch of it? First batch was, so it actually took a while from coming up with the idea. It was a couple of years until we actually made the first, first batch other than playing around with recipes at home. Um, so it was April t- this year, April 2022. Oh, right. Okay. So we've not been around that long. And that's no. also when we, when we launched, so... We're starting to pop up. I was lucky to find you then. You were, yeah, yeah. Uh, so tell us all about producing a gin. What kind yeah. of process is it? It's um, there's lots of different ways um, to make gin. There's a there's an easy way and there's a hard way, and we've chosen to do it the hard way. Right. Um, but I mean, the, the easy way to make gin is uh, basically gin is a neutral spirit. Um, which is flavoured with, with juniper predominantly yeah. and other botanicals. So you could literally take the, the botanicals and put it in a bottle of vodka and leave it for five to seven days and it would taste like gin. Wow. It would look pretty awful because all the colours would come out of the botanicals, yes. but it would taste like gin. So that's the easy way. The second way, and a lot of um, distilleries, as they, as they call themselves in the UK, do it this way. They have an alcohol still to make the alcohol but they buy in the neutral spirit. So it's someone else's spirit. Yeah. They run it through the still and they add, add flavour to that that spirit that's the second way and we considered doing that 
Um, but the third way is making the alcohol from scratch and taking it all the way through to the end product, and that's wow. what we do. Um, ours is slightly special. We use um, molasses, so from sugarcane yeah. for the for the base. Um, Ninety five percent of the gins in the UK use use molasses, and most of it is is uh, wheat corn based. But yeah. so that's that's our base. We extract the molasses from the um, from the sugar cane. Um, we then add yeast and ferment it. That gets it to around 15 to 20% alcohol after sort of five days. Um, then running that through the still several times, six times, we get that up to 96% proof. So it's a very wow. pure alcohol and that's our base. Um, and then the last time we put it through the still, we put in the 96% pure alcohol. We put our botanicals in a basket above the still and we run it through Brilliant. and the vapors pick up the flavor comes out the other end and uh, we bottle the and, and how large is your workspace is it like a shed at the end of the garden or well, is it it's, it's, taken over the kitchen it, it started out that way we're actually now because things have, have gone uh, better than we thought they'd go so Which we're actually now um, renting space at um, a bigger distillery oh, right, so a big okay. commercial distillery Fantastic. over in East Sussex um, so we rent that for the day when we need it yeah. um, and that can get us through sort of 500 bottles in a day we can wow. produce there um, so we've only needed to do it once or twice so far but you never know not no. just pick up. And how, how did you come up with the perfect recipe? Yeah, so talk about those three methods we talked about earlier. Um, we started with the easiest way of doing it. I bought a bottle of vodka from Sainsbury's, Sainsbury's <laughs> own vodka, um, and we put it into sort of 15 different jars at home. Obviously done a lot of reading, a lot of research about the sort of botanicals you need that go into most yeah. gins. Um, and we knew we wanted to make a citrus-based gin, so we bought various citrus fruits. Um, made 15 recipes, basically, steeped. 15 okay, sets of botanicals okay. in, wow. those, in those jars, left them for a few days, tried them over the weekend. That was a really good, fun weekend. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, we get excited when uh, David brings us uh, cookies and stuff from uh, <laughs> the, from the baking. So, yeah, yeah. next time you have one, we're, we can happily come around yeah. and fall on the sword and test for you. <laughs> next time we do a flavour, we'll, mm. yeah, we'll come and see you. Um, but, yeah, it was playing around um, doing it that way um, to the point where we had two preferred recipes and that's when we, we looked for a master distiller, so someone who'd been doing this for a long time, because okay. our background isn't making gin. No. And we found someone who'd been making gin for 30 years. Okay. So we went to see them with our proposed recipe, and we spent two days with him, tweaking it and playing around with it, making lots of small batches. Okay. Um, and at the end of the two days, we had our perfect recipe. And then did you give it to family and friends and said, try this What do you think? Yeah, yeah. And what was the response? Well, well, family and friends always say it's amazing, don't they? Well, sometimes. <laughs> I've got some friends that probably aren't as supportive as I should be, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, we got great feedback. Yeah, we did do a few blind uh, taste tests with friends, sort of comparing it to other well-known gins, and it did get picked out. So, as the best. So you th you would say it's not a difficult process to do. Actually, making gin uh, as as when we we came up with the idea, making the actual gin has turned out to be the easy part. It's everything okay. else that goes with it okay. that takes the time. We we really like the branding, and uh, who came up with that? Yeah, so that's my wife. So I very much focused on how to make gin yeah. and the, the recipe. My wife is the creative force behind a it's a classy gin. label it thank you yeah we, we we think it looks good it's um she put a lot of time and effort into it obviously it features um sort of arundel on the label so it's got the castle gates in yes. the background that's actually the gates from the high street if you're in the castle looking out okay that, that's the gates that's on the front and um, do, they, do, do they know that they're on the label i have told them yes oh, when okay. i went to see the the lady in the gift shop I oh, okay that out, yeah so that are you in the gift shop we are in the gift shop. oh you yeah. fantastic yeah yeah excellent so it's, it's been quite popular this summer um but yes yeah, so my wife sketched out some ideas um once we we knew how it needed to what, how we wanted it to look we then uh, went out looking for a designer a professional designer yeah. to sort of bring it to life and they ended up being based in italy of all places oh right okay um, 
So yeah, so um, yeah, she's very much responsible for all the branding, all the choices of colours. There's rose gold foil on the label, and would you believe there's about 15 different variations of rose gold that you can choose from. Oh, right. I think I'll probably okay. know them all now. So. <laughs> <laughs> so other than Arundel Museum and, and in the castle, where else can people locally pick up the, the gin from? Other than us, yes. in the next well, five days. Yeah, come down for Which the next is week. very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in Arundel, quite a few places. We're in um, uh, the Red Lion, uh, Pallant in the Square. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah I know. So the guys in Pallant, they're lovely. They are, yeah. 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 Um, so they sell us by the bottle. Uh, Swanbourne Lake sell us by the glass. Okay. Um, King's Arms. To be honest, most of the pubs in, in Arundel have, have stocked us That's now. really nice that they've jumped on board to yeah, help promote really it, good. really. And it does make perfect sense. Yeah, and it's really nice to partner with local businesses yes. rather than uh, sort of, you know, the big breweries. Mm, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so we're in Arundel. We just started to branch out a little bit. We're in Littlehampton now, so we're in um, East Beach Cafe yeah. and 47 Muscle Row. And we're just Two fabulous establishments, I should point absolutely. out. Absolutely, yeah. Go and check them out if you haven't yet. Um, and we're just starting to move across towards Worthing and Brighton, a few places there, and a couple of places in Chichester. But if you want to come see us in person, um, apart from tonight, of course, um, we are in, um, we do some of the local markets. So first of the month, we're in Goring. Okay. Uh, then we do Angering, Biddingshurst, and we finish up in Finden. And do they all go well? They do, yeah. yeah. And that's the, the thing we enjoy most, I think, is getting out and talking to people and letting them taste the gin. Yes. Um, so, so if they turn up at the, the markets, they can taste it before they purchase? They can, absolutely, yeah. Then there's a good reason to yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously it's, it's not just gin. Do you get a lot of people that drink it neat? Or, or um, not that many actually our, our gin uh, because we make it with molasses it's got a very smooth finish so you can yeah. actually drink ours neat with ice uh, as, as a sipping gin as they would call it I was saying to you earlier that we went to the, the Gower Gin mm. uh, in Swansea and one of the ones that we sampled there which I can't remember which one it was um, but they designed it around the car, the same kind of idea as a, as a whiskey so right. that it could just be sipped as opposed to kind of being drunk quite quickly and yeah. kind of that savouring of the flavours and stuff. So yeah. Um, is that well, doable with yours? It absolutely is, yeah. It works very well as a sipping gin and I, I drink it that way. It's probably more in the winter, I prefer it that <laughs> way. Um, if you um, if you want to try it with just neat with ice, it's the best way to, to taste the flavour in the gin, as you say. Yeah. Um, and we'll be doing a bit of that at the, uh, the gin tasting tonight. And so you've selected Fever Tree as yes. the tonic yes and why is that yeah again i think i mentioned to you um earlier when we were chatting that um fever tree gets almost gets a bit of a bad rap now because it is so popular so many uh, people buy it and people look for a reason not to use it but we it's did a quite, blind... it's quite amazing really because you know 10 20 years ago schweppes yeah. yes and that would have been it really <laughs> yeah, exactly who would have thought that yeah. anyone could challenge schweppes no. but they've, they've done it i think actually an interesting story um the guy who who started fever tree was the owner of plymouth gin Oh, um, okay. He very quickly worked out that there was more money to be made in tonic than there was in, in gin. <laughs> so I think he's done Savvy. very well. Yeah. So is there an Arundel tonic coming soon? There, there isn't. There's no <laughs> bad idea. But yes, yeah, so we, we chose Fever Tree. Um, we did do a blind tasting with lots of different uh, tonics. It would have been nice to use a Sussex tonic. Um, but the simple fact was it just came out on, on top. Are there many Sussex tonics? There's Falkington's. Okay. Um, uh, there is another one, which the name escapes me now, but there's a couple. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just the best for our gin. Not saying the other tonics aren't as good no they're not the best tonic for our gin um the one we use the refreshingly light has got a slight um orangey aroma and an orangey flavor but other than that it is very uh, very plain so it allows the flavor of the gin to come out which is what we were looking for and sounds silly but the carbonation in a fever tree is spot on uh, the bubbles aren't too big and they're not too small no. they're not too too bubbly and they're not too flat it's just just right so um yes yeah, so we ended up 
did a blind taste test and decided that was the one that for was us. the winner and i said to you earlier the gower people we use it for the ethical reasons and you said you're quite ethical in your processes yeah. so tell us a bit about those yeah so um we were really adamant we didn't want to use um any plastics things that couldn't be recycled um so a lot of the um the, the bottles that we sell to the, the bars and the restaurants, we ask them if they wouldn't mind to return the bottles to us. So Brilliant. we recycle and reuse those. Um, if people order a bottle of our gin online, unlike Amazon, when it turns up in a great big box packed full of plastic packaging, um, we actually designed bespoke um, postal boxes to fit our gin. Fabulous. So it keeps it nice and safe and fully recyclable. Um, so yeah, so we have tried to, to consider the environment as, as, as best we can. Um, unfortunately, you don't need a lot of plastic no. We're making gin, um, other than other than the packaging side, so it worked out quite well. In terms of customers that are buying bottles from us, if they finish them and then bring them back, would you happily? Absolutely, yeah, we'd, okay. we'd love to do that. Those of you that are buying bottles, remember that. In case I forget to tell you. <laughs> so, any further plans for our little gin? Add more flavors or yeah, designs. Everyone keeps asking, "Are you going to do another flavor?" And we've 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 spent so much time really focusing on making this as good as it could yes. be. Um, but, but it's yes, still relatively new. I mean, it's less it than is. six months old, isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah. So it'd be nice to sort of just uh, let it bed in a little yes. bit. But we are already starting to think about other flavours. Um, but I wouldn't want to just bring out any old flavour. No. Um, it needs to be something special. Um, you know, Arundel is a Sussex gin made in Sussex. So Did you go a... foraging around Arundel for, uh, for some kind of flavours in the bushes? Black, black... Uh, blackberries growing around where ah, we live and our okay. girls like to pick those every day so right. maybe a blackberry gin but yeah it needs to be some sort of sussex fruit base so yes. if your listeners have got any ideas and they've got some uh, some fast fantastic flavor combinations they think we should go with uh, you can email us, us. absolutely if we if we end up going with it i'll, I'll give them a free bottle there fantastic and uh, so where do you stand on the whole flavor gins because um, i know that some people some people that come in tonight are you know, literally pitchforks if you mention yeah. flavours, and then others are just like, no, I'll drink anything that's got gin in it, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think there's a gin for everyone, isn't there? Yes. So, um, pers- my personal palate, it's not my, my preferred type of gin, although I have, you know, I have a few flavoured ones. We went to, um, where did we go to? We went to, Lisa and I went to Del Key, and we went to the, and I went up to the bar, and she goes, oh, gin, gin, tea, went, okay. And yeah. I I got fifteen different types of gins. I was just like, right, I I I've, I've forgotten what the first one was now. Yeah. But, and then fifteen different types of tonic water. It's just like yeah. that's an extensive menu. Yeah. yeah, amazing how many there are. There, there was a lot around now, but like you say, there's a gin for everyone. I personally prefer a London Dry because I like to taste the botanicals in a gin. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people, again, if you're at a party or a nice summer afternoon out, it's nice just to have a a strawberry flavored yes. gin. You know, there's a, a different gin for different occasions and. Different, different. And what, what does it mean being a dry gin for those people that don't drink that are listening? Um, well, to a, a London dry gin, which is um, ours, it's mostly about the method, uh, the way it's made. So when I talked earlier about taking making the base spirit, um, using the botanicals in the still and not adding anything afterwards, not adding any artificial flavours, yeah. that produces a dry gin. Um, if you, I mean, interesting point, if you went to the shops and you saw a bottle on the shelf that was just called gin, then that's a good warning sign that it hasn't been made in a still. It's been made by just steeping botanicals oh, in, right, okay. in a liquid. You can't legally call it uh, distilled gin unless it's been run through it. And is there some kind of legal process you have to go through? Like there is for us selling the alcohol. We've been given the TENS licence for a few days. Yeah. Do you have to go through any kind of procedure like that? And what, if, and what does it involve? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it was fairly straightforward, actually. You need to have a personal licence to be able to sell alcohol. Yeah. Um, so to do that, you have to do a, a, a training course, which I did, and there's a, 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 an exam at the end or test at the end. So we did that. We also had to get a premises licence, 
um, so we could take customer orders and dispatch the gin yeah. uh, because there has to legally be a, a location that the gin is sold from. So we had to get a premises license. That was a little bit more um, complicated. Mm. Um, but other than that, because we are renting the, the still at the moment, we haven't need to, needed to go through that, that full-on process no. of getting the, the licensing ourselves. Um, if we put a still in our garage um, and we did um, we, we took the, the base spirit from the distillery that we, we, if we make it there, bring it into our garage and run it through a still there, we need a license to do that. Yeah. Um, but HMRC can't can't refuse it. So okay. Um, as, oh, that's as soon as you've um, you've you filled out the application form, if you send it recorded delivery, you can start distilling gin using a still in your home the next day. Wow. Yeah. Hear that, Lucy? Yeah, so Little Hampton Gin is getting closer. Well, Peter Rokoff in Art Gin's getting closer. <laughs> in fact, is that chinking I hear in the background? Um, it's an interesting one, gin, because when I used to work behind the bar in Wales when I was a student, and um, it was something that that people would order but not very often but now it's very very trendy yeah why why do you that why why has it become so trendy i'm not i'm not sure i know the answer to that no, to it, no. I mean, it really took off didn't it from 2016 yeah. that's when all the the, the, the the flavored gins flooded the markets and it was really popular i think with the younger generation i think um to some extent that boom has finished now and actually people are coming back around to the to still the, the london dry jeans yeah. again um but yeah, it's amazing. Everyone keeps saying that the boom's going to end and the next big thing is rum. But they've been oh, saying okay. that for that's the last three, three or four years they've been saying that and still rum hasn't really taken no. off. So Have you got Arundel rum in the back pocket? Well, I never know. Or, yeah, LA vodka. <laughs> well, about <laughs> so what do you enjoy most about uh, running a, a gin brand? Um, I think Other than going around obviously testing loads of gins. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The recipe part is, is, is a good fun part. But now, as I mentioned earlier, getting out and about around Sussex at the, at the markets and various events we've done this summer, actually talking to people, um, talking them through tasting our gin, seeing them taste our gin mm. um, and getting that feedback is, is fantastic. Um, don't enjoy the business side of things. No. Running a business is hard. It is, yeah, yeah. really hard. It gets uh, harder. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, I'm sure, it's supposed to get easier. Yeah, but the people, people side of things is is fantastic. So really, really enjoy that. Um, and do you do lots of market research? Do you go out and try lots of gin and tonics <laughs> around the place? Well, so back to the story of Arundel Gin. So when my wife and I were, were travelling around and we're going on holidays around the country and picking up a bottle of the local gin, I think we've got 40 or 50 on the gin shelf now. Right. Um, and we've got a lot of bottles of Arundel Gin on the gin shelf because I'm running out of space for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've got plenty to be working, working through. Do you have any favourites from places you've been to? Yeah, Winchester gin is one of my favourites. Oh, right, okay. Um, they, I mean, we only use eight botanicals in, in ours. It's quite a classic gin. Yeah. Um, theirs is still a London dry, but they use 25 botanicals. Wow. So there's all sorts of flavours in there. Um, unless your palate develops, which you, yes. you taste more and more neat gin, that's a really interesting gin to try because yeah. of the number of botanicals that are in there. I see on, on the table you spread out lots of ingredients. Yes. Want to tell us what some of the ingredients are? Yeah, so um, we've got, um, there's some core ingredients that always go into a gin. So juniper is obviously the, the main one that everyone knows. Yeah. To be a gin, it has to have a predominant flavour of juniper. So that's in there. The second most used botanical after juniper is uh, coriander seeds. Uh, so we use that. That gives a little bit of heat and a little bit of spice. Um, there's two... Um, two botanicals that we call the base which are the roots so that's angelica root and oris root okay. um, they don't actually have much of a taste they have a bit of an earthy taste but they bind the other flavors together they stop anything getting too uh, out of control so they bring a nice balance to the gin mm-hmm. um, and we have cassia bark which most people would know as cinnamon which is what i saw you breaking up wasn't that's it? right yeah. yeah yeah and that again brings a nice um, heat a nice spiciness to the to the gin and of course the key ones for us because it is a very citrusy gin are the red grapefruit mm-hmm. and yeah. orange um, 
just a little uh, note on that. A lot of people that use orange or lemon in their gins will use the peel. We yes. actually use the, the flesh. We use the oh, fruit. Oh, okay. And not only that, we also... Is it the reason? Um, it just brings it... For the orange, brings an extra uh, element of sweetness, which really works well against our bitter grapefruit, complements yeah. it quite well. Um, we also remove the pith from, oh, from okay. the fruit, so it's quite an intensive process. Mm. Um, but it means we get that sweetness from both of the fruits rather than uh, too much bitterness. So in terms of the making of it, just you? Um, well, just me. I so we're renting at the yes. moment. Renting is still, so I have the master distiller who helps us with our recipe. Yeah. Um, he helps keep control of all the all the machinery. Yeah. I'm not. I've only been making gin for a couple of years, mm-hmm. so he's teaching me effectively okay. as he goes. Okay. Um, I'm okay with using a little still, you know, in yeah. the garage, but um, using a great big. You've industrial got you've size. got past the garage still, haven't you? By yeah, now? yeah. Using yeah. a great big industrial setup needs a bit of help. So yeah, we do have a master distiller, but yeah. I'm there on on site when we're making the gin. Um, learning as we go. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll have a warehouse big enough to put a, a great industrial site. Well, you never know. Yes. Um, and so I ask this of all of the artists that, that have been on the podcast so far, and when you're distilling the gin, do you work with music or do you work in silence? Uh, no, it's, um, to be fair, if you think, I mean, it's, I haven't got a picture to show you, but it's a the, the still is 2,000 litres, so it's a huge, huge still. Yeah. So it's in a great big warehouse with a very high ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't got any um, music... Um, set up in there no right. sound system so there's a little uh, battery powered or plug in radio right. which is on but as soon as the steel starts up you wouldn't be able to hear it it's quite an industrial process yes. it's quite loud so we have it on yeah. um, but as soon as the steel starts no you wouldn't uh, it hasn't influenced in anything that you've created then no <laughs> no just the music in my head unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that this is your first tasting it is it? our first so, ever tasting yeah really looking forward to it so it's you're all, all, all ready to go Yes, yeah, it's been a few trips in and out of the uh, the gallery to bring everything in, but we've just squeezed in. Yes, um, I knew we would. Yeah. We did get it. Well, we're looking forward to it, so I'll say thank you very much for doing this. Thank you. And then we'll go off and try some of this. Fantastic. Uh, thanks for listening.